0: Praise God. Amen. 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 It's good to give thanks unto the Lord. Amen always giving thanks to Him. Father, we do thank You. We thank You for this opportunity to come before You. Thank You, Lord, for this opportunity to be in Your presence, to be among Your people, Lord, to assemble ourselves together in Your holy presence because there You have commanded that You would be present with us, that You would meet every need, that there would be no need in here that would go unmet today. So we thank you, Lord, for that guarantee of everything that we need provided by just uh, obeying your word, Lord. Simple obedience. Very, very simple things. So we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So I thought today we'd talk about uh, trusting in God we trust. Amen. We're going to talk about uh, what it means to trust God and and what the the uh, <clears throat> life of faith really is all about. I was thinking about this and and I I and I know that that people who teach on faith, you know, people have different methods of teaching, and uh, one of the ways that God teaches us um, by the Spirit is through our Spirit. And your spirit man has such a capacity to understand God. Um, And I think sometimes we don't really rest in that enough and understand. The Bible says the entrance of your word gives light and it brings understanding to the simple. And that means that any and everybody can understand the word of God. Can understand God, can open up to God, can, can, uh, receive from God and obey God and, and, and be instructed by God. I was listening to, uh, some of the, the testimonies yesterday. We went over and did some street witnessing, um, not far from, from the church here. And, uh, uh, one of the, one of the persons that went over and we just asked people for prayer. We wear a simple t-shirt that says need prayer. And uh, who doesn't? And so that tends to attract people without condemnation, without us having to go over and, you know, go through a lot of hoops or anything. We're just open to pray for people. And um, there was a woman, they said, with a little four-year-old uh, girl. And the woman was, was kinda like, oh, you know, I'm cool or I don't really need anything. And the little girl reminded her that they had uh, somebody, a young person in their family had been murdered and they were hurting from that. You understand what I'm saying? Understanding to the simple. See what I'm saying? A four year old child can respond to the Holy Spirit, can, can understand the promptings of the Holy Spirit to bring comfort and peace and a remedy and, and all of that. What does a four year old child know? Amen. But their spirit is open to hear from God. Amen. So that, that really blessed me to, to see that, that God is taking care of all of these things all of the time. And so we can put our trust safely in Him. But I thought we would go over what it really means to trust God versus having faith in God. Amen. Because many times we're taught faith in a, um, um, I guess you can say, uh, academic kind of way. Um, and that's good too, because we have a natural man or, or a natural mind that has to kind of, Given okay to the things that we understand, the things we hear. Your natural mind understands steps, formulas, process, all of that. Your spirit man understands that to a degree, but your spirit man is more in tuned to who God is as a person. Because I can give you steps, say for instance, I can give you steps to get from from my house to the church. But unless you you can follow those steps precisely, you won't get here. But if you have relationship with the streets Hey I know them streets. You understand what I'm saying? You know, so so in old school we look what do we do? Look for landmarks before you had GPS and had somebody talking to you telling you where see she's the step and formula person. She don't know them streets. (laughs) Suppose a a street is blocked and you can't get there. She said, do a U-turn, do a U-turn. Well, you can't U-turn when there's some construction and barriers up. You'll be in a hole somewhere. And so, see, relationship with what she's talking about will get you from here to there In a, in, in a situation where it's the step and formula isn't working. Anybody ever been there? Uh, Ten steps to answer prayer. Uh, four steps to, you know, to your blessing. So many steps to this and so many steps to that. It's good to know the steps. It really is. But it's better to know the one that created the process. Amen. Because in the event the steps ain't working, or maybe you are working the steps. Say you are doing it precisely the way brother so-and-so says you ought to do it. And then something happens and it. You just think to yourself, you begin to doubt, are these steps right? Brother so-and-so going on to be with the Lord. So you can't ask him nothing. But you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to have a relationship. You're gonna to have to have knowledge of, you have to put trust in God. See, trust in a formula is different from trust in a person. Amen? Because that person can always respond to you. That person can always fix stuff when it's not going right that person can encourage you how to stay in faith and and uh, am i am i doing this right lord and and then you just get a piece about you and you say i must be doing it right because if i wasn't god would put me on a different you understand so see that that trust factor in him has to be established we just can't live off steps formulas and in that process any longer. And even though God honors it to a degree, there's going to always come a time where you're going to need to know Him. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to spend time with Him, trusting Him, knowing Him, getting to know Him, understanding that He is trustworthy. Amen? It's amazing to me, you know, uh Abraham and Sarah had Isaac but they had walked like 20 years with God. And God had promised them a son like day one. You know, God introduces himself. He says, you know, I'm, I'm the Almighty God. Uh, you know, I'm your friend. I'm going to take care of you. All I want you to do is obey me and, and follow me and do what I tell you to do. And it took 20 years for them to understand the faithfulness of God's character. See, it wasn't like God didn't want him to have a son sooner. He would have given given Isaac to them any time their faith was and their trust was at a place where God knew that they could accomplish everything that He put before them. So you got to you got to trust people in order to. You can say you love God all you want to, but if you kind of balk and falter and and stumble and and not sure and all that. The not sure is the doubts are usually a reflection of whether or not we feel we can trust God in these things. Amen. They're more a matter of trust. I would say it's more 90% trust, uh, and maybe 10% ignorance on our part. Because we're not ignorant of the word. Most everybody that's got some kind of Bible knows enough scripture to get their needs met. But do you know the God of the scripture so you can trust that that need is met already and he's just waiting for you to come get it? See, there is a big difference because you see God has already forgiven the sins of the world. It's just most people don't know it and don't tap into it to take advantage of it. If most people knew that their problem was sin and it wasn't the husband, it wasn't the boyfriend, it wasn't the rotten kids, it wasn't the school system, it wasn't the man, you understand what I'm saying? If they understood that sin was their problem, they could get over it immediately because God is already, God's not deciding who he's going to forgive. He's forgiven the sins of the whole world already. So the gospel is preached to them so that they can tap into the forgiveness that's freely given already and paid for. So we don't have to wait on God to do anything. Not much. I mean, he's already done everything. Jesus has sat down. He's the only priest that ever sat down. Amen. The rest of them would still be walking around (laughs) if the temple hadn't been done away with. So so he's done what he's finished his work. Amen. He's done everything he's going to do. It's up to us to believe that it's done. Amen. And sure enough, as soon as we start trying to believe <laughs> or attempting to believe, we get to this place of works where we think we got to do something. When Jesus always said, only believe. Believe and not doubt. So the work we need to do is the work of faith, of believing and trusting and showing God that we trust him. Amen. Get some peace about you. Get some, some relaxation about you. Get some trust about you. You know, get some, some whatever, whatever it is to show God that we really do believe him. Amen. And, and quit worrying about when it's coming and, and what I need to do and, you know, you need to do a lot of stuff, but you ain't doing it. Huh? He knows what we're gonna do and you do too. <laughs> Amen? You know, we always say, well, you know, so and so, uh, they went on a fast for 40 days. You will go on a 40 day shopping spree, but you ain't go- Seriously? I was never so freed up about fasting. There's a a woman I really admire, you know, uh, the way she stuck with uh, a husband that had left her and her children and you know, really endeavored in God. They were both Christians. She endeavored in God. You know, to have reconciliation, to get her husband back, to get her family back in order, all that kind of stuff. And she would always. Uh, she has a has a website. Still has it. I think the daughter runs it now. The husband, since came back, passed away, gone on. They've been doing this for many, many years. And her 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 posts were always scriptural and uplifting and encouraging and full of power. And she said, yes, you know, through fasting and prayer, you know, God honored that we revered. And then one day I said to myself, I said, Lord, how much fasting does she do? I thought to myself, ooh-wee, I'm, I'll never get there. One meal a week. One meal a week. See, it's more your heart. Than it is. See, you do excess, it's works. It's easy to get into works and think if I, you know, get down to a nub, God will do something for me. Amen. It has to be a sincerity in your heart and a, a commitment between you and God. Now she worked that out between her and God. Amen. Is exactly what to do. And trust Him that when He tells you that's sufficient, it's sufficient amen and and just do what you know to do and be sincere in your heart about it amen and and sure enough god changed that man's heart amen and changed her heart in the process while she was praying for him amen and so these things happen as a result of relationship with god amen and trusting him and knowing that God is trustworthy when He tells you whatever it is you 're offering up to him is acceptable, you've got to believe it 's acceptable. if it was acceptable day one it 's acceptable day fifty five and day two hundred amen and and on and on and on, and so uh, God is trustworthy and and this is something that that needs to be established in our hearts. Uh and I think it'll go a long way. It it goes goes much further than trying to pick up a new gimmick to you know, try or, or something else you hear somebody said worked for them. You know, is God speaking that to you? And and would it not be better for you to go to God and plead your case before him and and cry out to him and get him to understand your heart and, and, and see that you are sincere, that you do want to work with him, that you do want him in your life, all of that stuff. It's all about relationship and honest relationship, a relationship built on trust and built on truth. And so our relationship with God is definitely based on truth because it comes through his word. This is how you relate to God. You don't relate to him through the voice of another person. You relate to him through the word. Now, that other person can help you sometimes. There are times you get stuck up a a one-way alley or a one-way street and don't know how to get out of that. And God can send a word to you. Amen? If you ask him, God, help me, he'll help you. And and often he helps us through others through the gifts of God and so forth and so on, but we are not to trust in another person uh, above God's word. It's got to line up with the word of God. And, and God knows when you're being too lazy and don't want to read your word. You want to go look on somebody's post and see what they're talking about, or you understand what I'm saying? It's you know, and a lot of those things do strengthen us and feed us. You understand what I'm saying? But God would not have you dependent on that. You know, this. I have good relationship. I do a post every evening on Facebook. And I usually have a, a good relationship with people. They respond back and forth. And I'll talk to them. And that's all fun. And then sometimes I don't hear from them. And I say, oh, okay, God. So you're not feeding them through me right now. You're feeding them. Do you understand what I'm saying? God, let him be in charge of everything. Amen. I learned how not to live off man's likes a long time ago. So <clears throat> you, know, you understand what I'm saying. You just have to learn how to do that. So faith really is the foundation of our spiritual life. Faith is. And faith is trust. Martin Luther said faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. So there's a confidence, a daring confidence in God's grace. Amen. Not in your ability to believe him, not in your faith, but in God's grace. Amen. See it all has to rest on God's desire to bless us. Amen. I feel that grace really reflects God's desire to bless us. And it's it's um it's something that you can't measure anything else against because it's his unmerited favor. It's something you can't earn. It's something you can't, it's just something that you just flow into, you tap into by faith. Amen. But grace is much larger than your faith is. Amen. Because it encompasses every need that we have. You can go to God sometimes for one thing and, and when, when the deal is done, you've gotten so much more out of it than you, than you thought you were asking for. A case in point, say for instance you you expect God to give you a new car and and uh you know you ask him God, you know you you know what I need I mean, I learned how to do it this way now, uh step and formula people, cut a picture out, slap it on the refrigerator, you know, write the vision, make it plain, yada yada. And don't look at me like you don't know. Everybody that's lived through the 80s in the body of Christ in the 90s in the body of Christ, that was all that it was, faith was about. It was cut out of picture. Everybody had airplanes, Maseratis, Ferraris, everything on their refrigerator. They was all red. Amen. And that was what they were believing God for. Amen. None of it ever came to pass. Because if you don't know to, that you can trust the God that you're believing in, and you don't know that sometimes your picture is bigger than your faith, all these millionaire people in the Body of Christ got their millionaire prophecies back in the 80s and 90s, and all that kind of stuff. And people that's still giving them out need to just quit. Ah. Uh, most people don't have million dollar ideas. And and often don't have million dollar determination to stick with something after you failed at it hundreds of times. To be able to come through in faith with the kind of faith it takes to get that and to hold on to it. Amen. And so say, for instance, you are expecting God to get you a new car and, and you got a budget that you've set for that. Amen. And, and many times we'll get to the place where, um, we haven't gotten it yet. We're not sure what God's going to do. We're not sure how it's going to work. All of this kind of stuff. You have to give up your, your picture and your, your thing that you want. In exchange for understanding and knowing God. Because you're gonna have to make that switch off at some point in the process. Because that's what God really wants out of the deal. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to get to know what kind of God He is. Amen? He wants to get you to know all of these things. You know, there's, there's a scripture, I used to look at it and, and, you know, of course over the years there have been a lot of them. You know, those scriptures that are there, but they're not for you. They're for other people. Huh? It's like, one of them, I can tell you, when you are faithless, he yet remains faithful. You know, I used to look at that and I said, (laughs) Why? Faithless. (laughs) But you start living life. And see how quick you collapse when bad news comes to you. Huh? (laughs) Absolutely. And then God comes through anyway. And you look at that scripture and say, you know what? I really love you scripture. I know what you mean now. I appreciate you. I used to think you wasn't in there for me, but you in there for me. Amen. Amen. All of them are in there for us. Even the ones we don't want to admit apply to us at some point. Amen. Cause we're too much, oh, faith and power. Oh, God's woman of the hour. Faith and flour. Paste and flour. You understand what I'm saying? Even the paste and flour people get faithless. Amen. Life will suck the faith out of you. You'll just look at it and say, God, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. I don't even know how I got here. I don't even know how I... I, we we uh, years ago we worked with a prophetess Brenda zetlitz, Most of you all know her if you 've been coming to conferences for a period of time, and she would always share the testimony about um, uh, she had she had wanted to have more children they had a son, and there was a bit of a gap between the son and the girl she eventually did have twin girls and um uh, she gave the testimony about how she many times would just hide in the closet if she got a new symptom and, and she threatened to miscarry several times while she was carrying these babies. And um, she said that she just she she called the doctor because she had a new symptom and and, uh, she said, I just hid in the closet. I couldn't face it. I called my husband and I said, I can't, I'm, I'm going to collapse. I can't take this anymore. If this is done, no, this is bad news. Now all of this coming out of the, you know, paste and flour person, you see. And over and over and over again, God would come through for her on top of her bad confession, on top of her fear. On top of her wanting to quit, all of that, God came through for her. When she got to the hospital, they, they found they could do something. It wasn't as bad as she thought it was and she made it through. The girls came in premature and that was another nail biter. And, and on and on and on. But she said after the babies were safely delivered and, and they started to improve, she began to bring them home. God began to remind her of how she had been faithful to him in something that was really a challenge for her to do. And she said that some years prior, they had met a gentleman who was a prophet of God. And God told them to have him stay with them for a period of time. And she said he was very weird, very strange. She said he wanted tuna. Salad almost, I think it was tuna. She said she was so sick of making tuna for him after a while. And, but she said she knew it was God and she knew it was a blessing to have him there. And God reminded her the prophet's reward was what? Children. To break barrenness. Amen? And, and those things mean something to God. So you don't know what obedience you've done that's in your bank. Amen? The Bible tells us to lay up treasure in heaven where, where nobody can come and take it from you. So sometimes it's not always your wonderful faith that's getting you over. It's that you've been, you've banked and God owes you something for the obedience that you've done in the past. For the response that you've given to him and how you've treated people and so forth and so on. And so these are things that we we really have to understand mean something. And so when you think about God's character, he is totally trustworthy because he never forgets a good a good deed that you've done. He said, if you give somebody a cup of cold water in my name, you will not lose your reward. Amen. So start passing out water to people. Start, you know, get that 24, get that 24 case of water and and be eager to give it out to people. It's it's hot outside. Amen. It's hot every day. And so this, these things add up, folks. It's, It's good to keep in mind what obedience to God really, really means. And also to keep in mind, he keeps account of everything. He knows what's owed you. And in, in your time of need, he will remember those things and he will send a blessing to you when you're faltering, when you're wavering, when you don't think you can make it another day. How do you think you bounce back from that, that bad patch in your life where you don't think you can go another day? God, I've been believing you for X number of years for this and it hasn't happened. I can't go any further, but you keep going anyway. Amen. He, he knocks on the door of your heart a week later and he reminds you and you say, oh Lord, please forgive me. I'm, I'm going to continue to believe you for that. Amen. I got off the rails over there, but here I am right back again. And, and be quick to repent. Be quick to, to, to confess that to him and, and tell him, you know, get that out of my life. I want to do the right thing, Lord. I want to, want to be right with you. And so a trustworthy God, a God you can put your trust in, Repays what's owed. Amen. He repays what's owed you. Always. Amen. So it is by faith that we stand firm. And a relationship of trust in God is a necessary foundation for our life of faith. So faith really, the bottom line of it is trusting God. It's not Confessing scripture over and over again, though that helps it get through your thick skull. Amen. It converts your soul. That's what, that's what you confess the word for. You confess it to help you. You're not trying to impress God. You're not trying to convince him how much you believe him. Amen. Because you have to go beyond confessing and you have to go into doing. There are some things we have to do in order to show uh, God that we trust him. As, as Martin Luther said you could stake your life on these things over and over and over again. So something has to be at risk for faith to be real. For faith in God to be real. Amen. You've got to risk looking stupid you got to risk, you know, people condemning you for what you do. In some nations, Christians are hunted down, killed, persecuted. All of that happens. There is risk to the life of faith. And so God wants us to know that we can trust him to be there for us when we step out in faith. You're not stepping out there by yourself. God is going to be with you. He's always with you. So by faith we trust in the invisible God. Amen. Jehovah Shammah, which means God is present. He's there. He's, He's present for us and He's present with us. Amen. <clears throat> when we know that when we first step out and, and begin to trust God in things, His love and His goodness get shown to us. And that increases our trust in Him. So God wants us not to be people who are after things. Step and formula people. But He wants us to be people who are after Him. Amen. And things are added. And often we get it mixed up. We can get so hard after things you know it, especially if it takes time they kind of evade us a little bit and we get oh what's the matter ah, 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 nothing's the matter he's just teaching you how to trust him and keep that first keep trusting him first and let trust him to add things to you and i think that's sometimes a problem people we get so anxious about our comfort, our security, our, you know, stuff. But but when you think about it, your stuff isn't, God's been looking at it the whole time. You're the one who ain't seen it yet. (laughs) It's going to be new to you. He's sitting up there to earth as his footstool and he's looking between his toes down here at you. And he got his your stuff right up here. It's an inheritance. How do heirs get what belongs to them? (laughs) Thank you. Okay, ours died and rose again. Okay, so... All right. But how do you get it? Well, there's a will. Gotta have a will. If somebody dies without a will, we have nothing, okay? (laughs) So so you gotta go by what's in the will. Sixty six books. This is the will right here. Amen. And you've got to trust what you read. You've got to b- believe what you read. Amen. So it's all laid up for you. It's not like God is, you know, it's new to us because we look in the Bible, we say, ooh, wow, ooh, ah, ooh. And then we wonder if he really means it or does he mean it like it says it is in here? Amen. Like when, when, when we read exceeding abundantly beyond, huh? You know, I, I went through a period of time where I, God just kept reminding me of that word beyond. Beyond. God is just beyond, huh? Why? Because he wanted to, me to expand my understanding of what he could open the door wider. Huh? True that? And see while we're kind of trying scrounging and living you know we barely got pennies here God but he's saying beyond. See if we'll put our trust in the beyond what he can ask or think. Then we'll start getting beyond. And not just once or twice, but all the time every day. Sometimes beyond is is a greater understanding of his capacity to love us. Because you don't provide for people you don't love. Amen? Unless you know it's through the government, taxes, stealing your money through taxes. Using it for what they want to use it for. Huh? You know, sometimes you want to write a cease and desist order on Uncle Sam. He ain't no uncle of mine. I don't have no thieves in my family. Hmm? They take your money and do what they want to do with it. Amen. So God wants us to put all of our trust in Him. He is the great equalizer. Amen. He is the great equalizer. So our God is there by faith. You have to believe in the invisible God. You have to believe in your invisible inheritance. You have to believe in what you cannot see. You must. People who want to see everything are not really using the God kind of faith. Amen. When you don't see anything, you know, your, your flesh may, you know, try to have a nervous breakdown because you can't see where, what it is that you're praying for. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But on the inside, you got, you, there's a knowing on the inside. Amen. After you've bawled and squalled and had a fit and jumped up and down and say you can't do it no longer. God, if you don't do something now, nah, I'm just gonna quit. <laughs> quit and do what? Huh? When He found all of us, we wasn't into nothing, wasn't doing nothing. Huh? He knows that, so He ignores a lot of our little crazy talk. Amen. Amen. So, so yeah, we we have to trust in the invisible, and. Really, we have to trust that what we desire is already given. That's really what faith is. It's not looking for God to make up his mind to do something for us. Amen. He's already made up his mind to give us the whole candy store. If we can trust him for it. Amen. And if we, we agree and, and come into agreement with him on it the right way, we can have anything. It's just that he can't get us past sometimes the nickel and dime level of believing. You know what I mean by that? You know, just everyday things. We still sweat in everyday things. You know, you need to get smart and say, God, you know what? I trust you. For the everyday. You've been providing for me too long for me not to trust you. So let's move on to what, what is, what, what then is my faith really given to me for? See, it's for the beyond stuff. Your faith is given to you to tap into the beyond. Amen. To the greater, to the more. He's not expecting us to keep begging for daily bread. Amen. He expects us to anticipate that it's there. It's thy uh, Father, I thank you that provision is there for everything that I need. Everything that I need. And, and, and more besides. Amen. God brought, broke me up of, of, you know, in really, to be honest with you, the first place I saw my faith, uh, increasing was in the area of ministry because I wanted so badly to serve God. You know, I just felt like he had done so much for me. I I just, you know, it's overwhelming sometimes to think about where you were when God found you, how you've been forgiven and where you, he has taken you to, you know, it'll overwhelm you. And in my constant prayer was God can you use me? Can you, can I help you to do something? Is, is, and will I, can I be a benefit to you? And so I was, was wanting to step out more for him in the area of ministry because it just really delighted me so that he wanted to use me this way. You understand what I'm saying? And, and trust him for the fruit and for whatever else comes through. You know, you just have to trust him for those things. And, and so, it, the things how my faith grew was in in situations in ministry where we needed more, we needed vehicles, we needed finance, we needed this, we needed that and and so it it became a challenge for me to step out in the realm of ministry uh, and and just let God develop my faith in that arena. And, and so in, in really in the natural realm while my husband was alive, I didn't think too much about, you know, daily bread. You understand what I'm saying? There he was sitting there. (laughs) So, you know, if you're going to (laughs) be, if you're going to be challenged, you're going to be challenged someplace else. You know, even though my faith was in the natural to a degree, it, it would have to at some point switch over to the supernatural. And when he passed away, I had to take God as my husband, period. I had an invisible husband now. That's an answer to prayer from <laughs> all the married women say, amen. He's invisible. Wonderful. But <laughs> don't want nothing to eat. <laughs> No, but i'm just being light folks lighten up you mentioned marriage and everybody kind of triggers a little bit you know it's like oh boy Huh? yet we are the bride of christ see we can we can say they made it that, but when you go to natural marriage it's, oh, oh, oh. yeah right, right 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 so but he, God has a plan to develop your faith. I guess that's what I want to stress. And wherever your faith is developed, that's His domain. So if He wants to challenge you in, in the daily needs, then, then that's where He chooses to challenge you. If He wants to challenge you in other areas, that's where He chooses to challenge you. I believe that He, He builds a lifestyle in us and a, builds a platform in us trusting him in certain areas that he wants to keep stable in our lives. Amen. Um, as, our, as a ministry, we have always given to other ministries. But it may not be the ones you think everybody thinks. You know, God will show us people who are working hard to bless and, and to help. And he'll say, I want you to give some money over there. I want to give something. Or, uh, he's called us to healing ministry. All believers are. But some don't understand how to get that in your life. And he's always had us so into different healing ministers. Amen? Because they get persecuted a lot. It's, it's tough to keep your finances stable. When your ministry is in signs, wonders, and miracles, they run out of minute money real quick because there's such a demand for that gift to out there in the world, you know, for people to minister out of that gift. And so he'll, he'll show us things like that. So it's not the people who promise you, you can be rich like them that we give to. It's the people God puts on our hearts to, to support and to to you know always be there for them and uh, be a support and a, a help to them and in return, God has always blessed us with understanding and the anointing for healing. you understand what I'm saying, and so this is how you secure your foundation and you don't waver off of your foundation you don't kick the the support out from somebody else because you think somebody else might be more. You might get more back for giving to this guy over here and you kick the supports out from under this one over here that, that's been depending on your, what you have. You don't do things like that. And so God wants to always have a level foundation under us. That's why people can always come here and get healed. That's why people in this ministry can meet people on the street and pray for them and they get healed. Amen. That's how that happens. If that dries up, that you got to check where your support is. Is your support stable the way it's always been? Or is it fly by night? You, you want to give some over here, now give some over there now. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to know that you're building a spiritual house and how to build it. And you must do it on a stable foundation. Amen? Like I'll always give people water. I'll always have a certain amount of my clothes and belongings going to Goodwill Salvation Army. Somebody like that. You know, after I know the saints have what they need, then it's whoever else. You understand? The household of faith always comes first. You always give to God's people first. The Bible says that. Amen. And so, you know, you, you take care of God's people They, they need it because they have a covenant with him. If they got a need that, that needs to be taken care of. I don't get some of these churches that'll send their money to a foreign country and they got hungry people in the congregation. I don't understand that. How'd you skip over what's obvious there? But they have no problem sweating you for giving. Understand what I'm saying? So you gotta have a good foundation. And it's gotta be a foundation that, that God honors, that comes out of His Word. So that in your time of need, you know you can trust God because you've proven yourself to be trustworthy as well. See, this is the two-way street. It's not just we go to God for everything He's gotta give us because He said He would and He's God. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's wonderful. But your, your life has to be a reflection of His character too. Amen. You've got to be consistent in what you do for Him if you want Him to be consistent with you. Amen. And that's what He's trying to build in all of His children. That we got to be trustworthy like He is. We've got to be consistent like he is. And so that, that, that gives us that firm foundation. Psalm 20, verse 7. I think it's verse 7. It says here, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Trust in his name. Amen. Trust in the power of his name. You know, when the apostles went through and began to to pray for people and they were healed, Peter said it's through his name, through faith in his name, that this man stands before you whole. So you got to trust in the name of Jesus, that it has power in heaven and earth and under the earth. There is no more powerful name. Every other thing that's against that name has to bow to that name. You gotta have confidence in that. You gotta have faith in that. We can't throw the name of Jesus around like, like people in the world do. That, That shows no respect, no reverence, no confidence, no faith in that name. Amen. So we have to, to treat it with reverence and respect and understand that that name is power against everything that would be against us. Amen. So we're not to trust in the natural can't trust what you see, can't trust what you hear, can't trust what you eat, can't trust any of that kind of stuff. You've got to trust in God and in his name. And there are times when God will will cause things that we've been trusting on in the natural to fail so that we can put our trust in Him. Have you ever been there? Thought you had it all figured out and then all of a sudden it didn't work anymore? Amen. And so you found out you had to go to God anyway and don't leave. Just stay there. Keep going to God. That's what he wants. It's like, you know, if if you found out one of your children, you know, they, they'd they be missing at dinner time. You found out they was eating dinner with the neighbors every night. That would make you think twice. Wait a minute. They don't belong over there. They belong over here. Amen. That's what God thinks about when we want to go to different sources to get our needs met. Or we want to trust in, in something that we see. He'll put a stop to that so so quick. You'll be on your knees so fast. He knows how to get our attention. Because source A and source B and source C dry up. Then you got to go to God. Huh? You mad because you can't get from them no more. And God's been waiting for you to come and trust him. Amen. Let him. And you'll find out it's so much better. You know, if you depend on man, you got to keep good relationships with everybody that's lying in your little pockets. The Bible says if your ways please God, he'll cause your enemies to be at peace with you. Amen. (laughs) Many ministers, uh, I think Oral Roberts Lester Summerall have had these experiences. People will either write them a letter with a big chat. I don't like you. I don't like your message. I don't like what you preach, but God told me to do this and I'm doing it. Amen. You wonder what kind of reward people like that get, Well, they don't really care. I guess. Amen. But they, they just tell them straight up, you know, it's, it's not it, in other words, Pleasing man, I think what that does for people, it frees, like if, if, if say for instance, somebody gave the money to Oral Roberts, um, he would know for sure that man-pleasing didn't get that money for him. That'll free you up a lot. You understand what I'm saying? It'll free you up from trying to manipulate people like so many of them do. You understand what I'm saying? It's just, it's just so common, uh, people to, to be told certain things and, uh, please, you know, we gotta please these people in a certain way or they won't give, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll stop men from manipulating and, and trusting in man. Amen. Uh, I remember Brother Summerall saying, he said, most Americans are emotional givers. He said, that's why they get told a bunch of stories all the time as many times they're not moved unless their emotions get involved i don't know you know but it's good to be prayerful about things if you can be prayerful it'll take the emotion out of it god will be able to um help you to discern and to know and to not be manipulated and to not be disappointed when things don't come through for you the same old way Amen. You'll be able to trust God. Amen. 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 So God wants us to trust him. Proverbs 3, 5. You you know it by heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. All of it. Some people trust him where their finances is concerned, but not with their health. Amen. He says, trust him in everything. He'll get you off of that. You know, sometime trusting or think you're going to play God, trust him over here, but not over there. Amen. And so it says, and don't lean to your own understanding. Amen. Yes. But to acknowledge him, in other words, to put him in the forefront in all of your ways, and he will direct your path. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It shall be health to your navel, your innermost being, and marrow to your bones, the innermost parts. In other words, trusting God goes deep. It takes you into the depths of your own being. If you trust God, your health will come from deep places on the inside of you. You know, the Bible talks about your health springing forth. Where's this spring from the inside of you? It springs forth speedily. Amen. These are good things. When you when you put your confidence in God, you meditate on his word. You trust his word, honor his word, obey his word. These things spring forth from your innermost being. God makes a deep deposit in us. It's more than like a head knowledge where you, you know, med- meditate and memorize and that's good. I mean, it's nice not to be carnal minded. I mean, it's wonderful. You need that word before your eyes all the time. You need to speak it and mutter it all the time. So it's the first thing that pops up. Amen. When, when you need it. You know, I look at, you know, like most of the people in this ministry have been praying the same prayers over for years. You know, they're like embedded in your spirit and you go out and pray for somebody. The first thing that will come up is the scripture that you've meditated on for all this time. So it pays off. Trust me. It definitely pays off. And and but God puts these things in a the deep places in our being. Like he says, health to your navel. You know, we haven't depended on our navel like in forever. <laughs> you know? But it's a deep recess. In fact, it, it is still, um, it's got like a sensitivity and a life to it. You, you know what I'm saying? It, there's still like a a remnant of the life that you had in the womb there. That's a place where God contacts us. Amen? So it's health to the innermost parts of your being. And to the marrow of your bones. You know, I'm sure people who have read the scripture over the, the the centuries that the Bible's been written think, Marrow, What's what's with the marrow? Now we understand. Because now we understand what's in bone marrow. It's taken us centuries to find out. Exactly what God's talking about. And we're just scratching the surface. Amen. When they found out that, that cells are made from bone marrow. They didn't know that stuff before. That DNA and RNA are, are present in bone marrow. And that stuff follows you forever. It doesn't change. Your DNA is you. It's who you are. And it identifies you. That's the level that God works on. He works on the level of the microscopic you. Amen. He can change all of that that's in there. If that gets fouled up and it starts making cancer cells, God can go in there with his word and dig that out and pull that out and put new marrow on the inside of you. Such that you don't have a trace of cancer anymore. So he knows how to work on us in the deep levels, the innermost beings. And it all happens by trusting him. Put that word in front of you all the time. Amen. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Amen. Not on the fringes where you grab it here and there. I got to grab that scripture. I got me a one minute Bible. You throw that thing away and get you a real Bible. You get you one that'll last sometime. You need God to be with you more than a minute. I know I do. Need to be reminded of Him every minute of every hour of every day. Amen. He's your best friend all the time. Amen. You know, I've seen people get mad at people because, well, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't do this for you. You got God to do that for you. I don't blame God for not letting people do stuff for you need to grow up and learn how to trust the one who is trustworthy. You know, we wear people out. It's easy to, you know what I'm saying? Come on now, because some of us got some needs, man. Man. Seriously. Only God can handle most of us. And we need to be grateful for that. Be grateful you don't have to run around and beg people for stuff. You know, I remember growing up in a, you know, normal neighborhood for, for, you know, just average people. We didn't have a whole lot, but you know, you got sick of neighbors borrowing stuff because some people always ran out of everything and they were always looking for something from you. And you almost never got it paid back. You understand what I'm saying? So it's nice to be able to trust God. You know, when I got saved, I said, Lord, if we had just known you when I was growing up. I mean, really known you. I know my parents would pray here and there. My mother especially, you know. But, But trusting him every day. Letting him direct your path. See, that's when your way is prosperous. When he directs you. Not when you direct yourself and get lost and you gotta cry for mercy and cry for a blessing and beg for a breakthrough. It's much better to have your steps directed. So God's not directing you toward poverty. He's not directing you toward lack, toward, toward anything disastrous. He's blessing you. He's directing you in the way of prosperity. Amen. And and lack is something that will attach itself to you, either through ignorance, through disobedience, or through some other. You understand what I'm saying? Very few of us obey God down the line as far as money is concerned. That's the first thing we go tilt on. Huh? You know, the Lord told me something one time. He said, you know, he said, I want my children to stop putting off joy until they get something. And I thought about it for a minute. And he said, he said, how many times have you said, and you've heard heard other people say, I'll be glad when I get so-and-so. I'll be glad when I get, Huh? He said, that's a spirit of lack talking to you. He said, because if you're living by faith, you have it already. He says, so get glad before you get it. He said, and you'll get it. He said, and when people start saying that, he said, you correct them and tell them, uh-uh. You got to be glad now. Amen. You don't, because see, let me tell you what happens. Getting happy about what you see will get you back into more debt. Because you've spent it before you get your hands on it. Amen. So glad comes to get you stupid once you get something in your head. In your hands. Amen. You go spending money and wasting it and putting it on things over here. And and then you think, oh yeah, I forgot to pay my this bill. And I forgot to pay my that bill. Amen. So stay glad. Stay rejoicing. And then that way, material things won't move you one way or the other. If you're rejoicing every day, it doesn't matter. It must not matter what you have materially because you're already happy. You Be as happy as you going to get broke. Amen. God, I'm as happy as I'm ever going to get and I don't have nothing. And I thank you that you have everything and I receive mine now in Jesus' name. I rejoice in God my Savior. And you won't be moved. One way or the other. Things won't move you. <laughs> they will not move you. Either things or lack of things. Amen. Everybody wants designer this and designer that. Them people been so long dead. and Huh? left the money all messed up, The kids and grandkids still fighting over it or just giving up on it? Why are you so enthralled with them for? You got initials just like they do. Find a way to get your little initials together some kind of fancy way. Amen? (laughs) You're very, very important to God. Amen? You don't need somebody else's logo to make you look good. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hebrews uh ten twenty two tells us this is this is why God, you know, uh gives us faith. It's not for things necessarily. I mean you, you figure that out after a while. Sometimes you'll look up and you got stuff you didn't even pray for. Anybody ever been there? Right. So you know your faith didn't get it for you, right? So it must be something else working in the equation that you haven't thought about. And that's his faithfulness. But this is what he, he wants us to do. He says in, in verse 19, it says, having therefore brethren boldness or confidence to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So the blood gives you the confidence. The blood gives you the boldness. You're not just busting into God's domain, you know, like bold. But the blood does that to you by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us. And so this is all prepared for us. We have confidence to enter in without any kind of fear of, of retribution, fear of that we're not welcome, any kind of nervousness. The blood does that for us. Amen. You can't conjure that. You can't muster that up. You can't psych yourself out enough to get the boldness and the confidence that, that the blood gives you. He says he has consecrated for us. In other words, this is a holy living way that God has set apart for all who are blood-bought to come into his presence. And it says, and, and has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. So you got all of that. What more do you need to have trust and confidence? He said, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, not wavering, not wondering, not uncertain. But because of all of this, we should have a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So let us hold fast to the profession. In other words, don't let the devil talk you out of God's not going to give it to you because you slipped up and did something wrong with your money or you slipped up and did something stupid or you slipped up. Don't let him talk you out of it because of that. You have to have boldness and confidence for the forgiveness of sins over and over and over again. And he says without wavering. Why? Because he is faithful that promised. So we are to draw near. You don't come close to somebody you don't trust. Amen? You keep your social distance. Let's do six feet. You look a little rough. Let's do 12. (laughs) Six is too close. You ever hear people go around talking about their personal space? You've invaded my, my personal space. We'll go somewhere then. Huh? You move. I ain't moving. <laughs> that makes them feel special, I guess. I got news for them. You won't feel special pushing people around. You'll feel special loving people though. The way God loves them. But this is a whole object of faith. And the blood is so that we can draw near to God. We can come close to Him. You come to close to Him in, in, a, because you trust Him. You trust that He wants you there. You trust that He has good things planned for you. You trust that He loves you. You trust that He wants you there, that He wants to bless you. He wants to help you. He wants to hear you. Whatever it is. You, you've got a, a That drawing near is something you don't do unless you really know you can trust that person. See, you'll stay in steps and formulas forever until you understand that God is a a person that you can trust. You can trust Jesus on the level of his humanity. He's been through what you're going through. He's faced what you're facing and he loves you and cares about you getting through it and receiving everything that that he wants to give you. He he knows he knows that, that that you need him. And he wants to accomplish all of that. How does he do it? Through you reaching out in faith. Through you experiencing things where you need him. Amen. You know, people say things when, when things happen that, that cause them trouble or bad things, whatever, you know, how could a loving God do? He, that's why he does it. Cause he loves you and he knows the only way to get to you, to get to him is to cause you some, let you experience some discomfort in your life. People who are happy don't beg God for his presence. People who are satisfied, don't fast and pray until they break through to God and, and under, get some understanding. Amen? So it's, and it, and trouble is promised to us in the Word just like, it's, just like blessings are. Jesus said, in the world you've had trouble. He said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome. In other words, it won't last. It won't take you under. It's not something to really be that concerned about because I'm here with you to bail you out, to see you through, to work with you, to walk with you, whatever it takes, I'm here for you. The fact knowing that he said he would never leave us or forsake us should put us way over the top. It should it should divorce your attention so much from depending on people. As big as God is, as loving as he is, as much as he has in store for us, and we would let somebody's treatment of us upset our day. Or, you know, even an hour. You know, it's too much. We go on and on about, yeah, and you know, I did this for them and that for them. And, you know, yeah, yeah. but you ain't done nothing, you little witch. If you give to get on people, you're in witchcraft. So stop it. Go get some manners about you. And start really living for God. Amen? No wonder God won't let that that happen. You ever think about that? When people treat you bad, it's because God let it happen to you? Huh? Teach you a good little lesson. Running after people. Everybody does it. Think somebody is so important. Well, I went to to a so-and-so conference and -and so-and-so such-and-such. Amen. It was on television. Nowadays, everybody on television. (laughs) That don't mean nothing. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. Be a name dropper of God. Talk about what God has done for you. The last time that he He ministered to you. Amen. The last time that you got a, a revelation from him. He was able to show you some things you hadn't seen before. Those are things to get excited about. In my book, amen, the spiritual is always more important than the natural. Amen. So when we talk about leaning on God and trusting God, we're leaning on the whole personality of God. Not just one aspect, but everything that we know about God or can know about God. So leaning on somebody literally means you don't try to support or or help yourself in that area. Amen. You just let everything go and fully expect that person to do what they say. And I don't know anybody who fits that bill other than God. Amen. People are, people have to do what God tells them to do towards you. Amen. That's what consecrated means. They can't do anything more or less than God gives them permission to do in your life. Amen. And when God sees us looking past him onto people, he has to put a stop to it. Amen. He's not going, he's not going to let you get that like that. Amen. So the attributes of God the, the 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 trusting God, what are we trusting in about God? Number one, you have to trust in his power you've got to believe he's able amen to do what it is you're expecting him to do. The other thing you trust in is his goodness. If somebody has power but they're not good, you don't want them using power in a bad way, so you you have to trust in his goodness. And number three, you have to trust in His wisdom, His mercy, that He's wise enough to be able to think ahead of your situation and be able to tell you all the things that need, that you need to know in order for you to avoid any pitfalls, any disasters. You know, when you step on a faith and, and God tells you, say He tells you to give a certain sum of money, to the church or to... You've got to trust that God is, is there to uphold you if that's something that you have a little nervousness about giving. You got me? So you've got to trust in his character and his wisdom. Is that a wise thing to do? Is that not a wise thing to do? And so if you know that God is all wise and you have confidence that he has told you to do certain things... You know, uh, he will, he will come for you and back you up. There are times when, when you can make an honest mistake in an attempt to obey God and he'll honor that anyway. You understand what I'm saying? He'll just, you know, you're doing the best you can and you stepped out in the faith that you had and he blesses you anyway as a result of that. So God's wisdom overrides in it, 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 It surfaces over every decision, every jot and tittle of his word and every decision that he wants us to make. So our trust in God must balance on these three aspects, his power, his goodness, his wisdom, that he loves us and he's all powerful. Amen. So they really lend support to our trust in him. And I think that's what got Abraham and Sarah over into that. That vast faith realm of being fully persuaded. You notice that Abraham's relationship with God didn't slack off after he got the promise. See, after he got Isaac, he still worshiped God. He still made, we find 20 years later, Isaac is all grown up and Abraham is put to the test again. Amen. And he passes the test. That's one good thing about God. In his wisdom, he's built in a way for us to pass every test. Amen. Sometimes we look at our situation. Well, how come I'm right back here where I started from? You get a do-over. That's his mercy. See, his mercy wouldn't be on you if you didn't get a chance to do it over again. Yeah, right. That's real exciting, right? Like you want to keep repeating third grade, right? Huh? But see, the reward is worth it. You ask anybody who's had to do a repeat, amen? I do them all the time. I say, oh, God, now wait a minute. I got to get this. Now, I just refuse to quit on this, Lord. I have got to get this straight, Amen. And and it becomes exciting. You know, the life of faith. You know, people, we spend too much time focused on what we can see. We've got to learn how to value the invisible. See, that's treasure. Where moth and rust can't eat it, anything you get in the natural isn't treasure. It's just things. God never calls material things treasure. He calls them things. Amen, and that's what they are—things. Why? He said, "Cause they perish with the using." You get a car you really love. The older it gets, the more money you got to put in it to keep it going. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I'm talking about people who deal in, in vintage cars and antique cars. The parts get harder to find, hard to find people to to fix them up. And then they put them on auction and and what they get in the auction is isn 't nearly what they've s- soaked into it for all of that you understand what i'm saying, and so it because why because anything that's that's earthly will deteriorate with the using it's it's costly, but the things that are spiritual that are invisible amen they they are eternal they last forever. You know, the wisdom you get from God, you'll be using that to help your life forever. The knowledge you get in, in understanding about the anointing and how to minister to people and how to speak from your spirit and not from your intellect or your experience, that kind of stuff. Learning how to do that, that's worth, that's worth more than, that'll save somebody's life. That'll take cancer off of a person who's nervous that, that, they they got it all. It's what they tell everybody. And people aren't sure because they don't believe it. They want to believe it, but there's no faith behind it. And so God can come in and make it real. Amen. He'll curse that cancer and make it die and you see their faces light up because they know now the problem solved. Amen? Those are the things that God wants us to put our confidence in. He wants us to trust Him because He's the invisible God who works in the invisible realm. And that's where the treasure is, folks, in the invisible. Amen? Why don't we stop? Father, we thank You for Your Word and for understanding. Thank You, Lord, that You are the invisible God. You are the trustworthy God. You're the one we can trust with everything. You're the one who will bless us with all things and in all ways. So, Lord, we honor you. We bless you. We magnify you. And we praise you. You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory in the highest. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We magnify you. We extol you. We lift you up because you are worthy to be praised. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory in the highest. We praise your holy name, Jesus. We praise your holy name, Glory God. Hallelujah. We bless you. We magnify you. Oh, Lord, we lift you up. You are the most high God, maker and creator of all things. And we thank you. We bless you. We thank you. Lord, thank you for encouraging us to believe you one more day. Sometimes, Lord, it's all it takes is one more day of believing. And then we are on the other side of our promise, receiving everything that you have for us. So we thank you, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for you. Come on up. Miss Nola will line you up where you need to be. Praise God.